Let's, uh, let's just open with a word of prayer real quick. Father, thank you so much for this service. I pray that you would transfer uh, the, the, the word that is in my heart that you gave me to the people, not just to their minds, but to their hearts. Lord, I pray it just they, they hold fast to it, that they, they grab, that it incline their ear unto what you're saying, and that we can give it away. We don't just receive it, but we give it away in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Praise God. Well, listen, with uh, 26 minutes and 15 seconds, let me uh, introduce our new series. So we're in a new series called Growing Together. Everybody say, Growing Together. And, and this, the kind of the, the word of the year is, let's get growing. Let's get growing. Turn your neighbor and say, let's get growing, okay? Poke them if you need to. Like, uh, uh, let's get a growth plan. Let's get a growth strategy. Let's get a growth focus. A lot of people uh, are going, but they don't know where they're going. Uh, and, and any road will get you there. Wherever it is, you don't know where you're going. We need to be growing in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, this is kind of our theme text, verse 18 says, But grow, but, everybody, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then give him the glory and honor for it. Listen, God's called you not to stay the same. 24, we should praise God for what happened in 23. But we've got to believe for more in 24. We've got to go to a kind of an, another level in 24. So today, it's, it's time to grow up is kind of our message. Uh, we're going to talk about next week, it's growing together. We're going to talk about the importance. I, I got a, a word for you on community that I've never spoken before. Then we're going to talk about growing through it. We're going to talk about marriages that are going through it, growing through it. You can, be going, you can be going through it in your marriage or you can be growing through it in your marriage. Which one do you want to be doing? We're going to talk about growing pains. Pastor Devin's going to bring that message on growing pains. He knows a little bit about that. And, and, then, and then we're going to talk about growing little people. The last, the last message in the series, growing little people, it's going to be about parenting and, and raising kids. And my wife's going to bring that message. And, and by the way, my wife's not here today because we had a new grandbaby girl. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Yes, little Layla, Layla Rain. Layla Rain was born uh, 1221, uh, you know, 24 and uh, 1221 p.m. Uh, and she's precious, just precious. Uh, six pounds, eight ounces, 19 inches, healthy, beautiful. Of course, she's beautiful. She's my granddaughter. <laughs> And uh, Layla Rain Martinez, and I've, I've nicknamed her Raindrop. She's my little Layla Raindrop. Isn't that awesome, little Raindrop? Perfect. They have to go with the name because I've, it's like, it's like I bequeath this name over this child. You all have to use this nickname. Everybody, you know, thankfully Morgan liked it. So anyway, praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about growing up. Now, let me take you back. When you were a kid, you all were kids at one time. Some of you are kid at heart still. Some of you behave like children still, and you're adults. But when you were a kid, you couldn't wait to grow up to be an adult, right? Remember that? Like you're a kid, you're, you're like, I can't wait because when I'm an adult, you know, I'm going to be able to go where I want. I'm going to be able to do what I want. I'm going to be able to buy what I want, you know. And, and you just thought, it, you know, you kind of just like, you, you didn't see the blessing of being a kid. You're like, it sucks to be me right now. You know, it's like a kid. I can't do this. I can't do that. And you just got this Nacho Libre attitude. That just came over you, spirit of Nacho Libre. And then what happens is you become an adult, 
right? Now you're an adult. You can kind of do what you want, go where you want. You can decide to buy that if you want to. You can decide to go there if you want to. But what's interesting, and I just see this thing happen when you become an adult and you can go where you want, do what you want. What do you end up doing? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. You, you can't wait to grow up to do nothing. What in the world? That's not good. Turn your and say, that's not good. God, my point is this, is that God has something for you to do, and it's not nothing. It's something, and it's something, it's something significant. But to get from kid to adult, you have to do something in the between that my, my adult children, it's kind of an interesting phrase, right, adult children, had to learn they had to do some adulting. Right? I remember when my, my middle daughter, she's 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 lives in Alabama now. God bless, she just got engaged. Praise the Lord. We got a lot going on in our household, so pray for us. We're like, what is going on? But anyway, she just got engaged. We blessed it six months ago. He finally dropped the rock. Um but but I remember when she got on her own, she's like, you know, I can do this and I want to do that. And then all of a sudden the bills started coming in. And she's like, Dad, I'm like, peace on you, lasagna. Good luck. Remember? You moved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call me an emergency. That's not an emergency. But they started adulting. And like, man, adulting stinks, Dad. So now they want to do everything. But now they learn that they, they can't. So they, got to, they end up doing nothing. <laughs> Just kind of circles back to nothing, doesn't it? But my point is, in God, there are these promises, these provisions, these rewards, these blessings, favor, whatever you want. This, this more and abundant life that God has for you. But in order for you to have that, you got, you got some prereqs. You got some prerequisites, some prequalifications, uh, some adulting that you're going to have to go through. So here's a scripture that I was in my devotions a couple weeks ago. Galatians chapter 4. Paul is talking. And he's referencing a relationship between father and son. You could say mothers, daughters, parents, and kids. But here's what he says, and I, I want you to catch this. It says, it says, think of it this way. Paul's trying to teach you something. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much, be are not much better off than the slaves that are there. Let me, let me pause for a second. So you can be a child of God. You can know Jesus, you can be saved, you can be an heir of salvation according to scripture, but you might not be experiencing the blessings of that. You can be the same as someone who doesn't have that inheritance. You can be, you can be living almost like a slave until something happens. Until you what? Until you what? Grow up. Until you grow up, even though you actually own everything, even though it's all, in a sense, technically yours. And he's saying, you've got to do some adulting. You've got, to, you've got to grow. You've got to mature. And so my big idea is this, if you're taking notes. Here it is. There are some levels you don't go to, but you got to grow to. There are some levels you don't go to. There are some levels you have to to grow to, in order to experience the blessing, you got to come up some levels. Are you there, everybody? You might, in a sense, be spiritually uh, an heir, but you're still under age. You're still under stage. You're not at the right. You're still in that past season, not in your new season. I should get more amens. I think Framingham and TC are louder than you guys. But, but it's like someone who has written you in their will. 
And, and, and what's there for you, it, it just, you're not going to be able to possess that, receive that, because they have, they've intentionally said, I have this for you in your will, but you can't get this yet until you have matured enough for that. Are you with me? The New Testament of Jesus Christ is a will to you as a believer in, in Christ. That New Testament will, in fact, for you to receive something in a will, someone has to die for you to be able to receive that inheritance, right? Jesus died for you, and that inheritance is available to you, but for you, for that, and that's, in a sense, it's been, big word, bequeathed, I don't know the last time I said that, bequeathed to you, but for you to get all the benefits of it, you're going to have to mature, you're going to have to go through some adulting, you're going to have to get to a certain level, you're going to have to, Andy Elliott, level up. Only 10 people know who that is. But anyway, you're going to have to level up. Turn neighbor, you got to level up a little bit. i got to level up a little bit. It's an active service here. So the bottom line is there's just some things that God has for you, 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 and you that he says, that's just for grown-ups. It's just for grown-ups. Many people are not receiving, are not getting what Christ has for you, the abundant life, the blessed life. And, and that doesn't mean everything's perfect for you, but it, and I'll try to unpack that. But you gotta, you got to grow up. It's only for grown-ups. It's only for adults. Peace that's beyond understanding. That's going to be only for some grown-ups, everybody, that the Bible talks about. Joy unspeakable that the Bible talks about. That's, that's people that have grown up. The spirit-led and the spirit-filled life, that's only for people who are grown-ups. People who begin to prosper, even as your soul prospers. Genesis chapter 31. That's only going to be for grown-ups. Blessing, supernatural favor. Where just like, you feel like you got the Midas touch and different things and God's guiding you and leading. That's only for grown-ups. Are you there, everybody? And so these are for grown people. So wouldn't it make sense that if that's true, that the enemy would camp himself around your growth potential? Wouldn't it make sense? What can I do? What can I... What can I strategically do to prevent you, you, and you, and you from growing up? Of course he's going to do that. He's going to go out of his way. And so you can even come to church. You can even add to your knowledge. And the enemy's not going to get in the way of that. He said, that's fine. They can keep getting biblical knowledge as long as they don't apply it. As long as they don't apply it. Listen, I'll say something even more. God, God will give you He's given you gifts as a Christ follower. And the devil will even let you use your gifts. He's like, that's okay. As long as they can use them, as long as they don't manifest the fruit from them. In fact, knowledge, it's not, knowledge and maturity are mutually exclusive, everybody. And so I don't care if they use their gifts. That's not an indication of maturity. The fruit of the Spirit is more an indication of maturity than the use of the gifts of the Spirit. You're not translating with what I'm saying. Let me say it like this. You can pray in tongues, but can you hold your tongue? When you want to go off and then you don't because the fruit of the Spirit gives you temperance and self-control. Can I just tell you something? That's Holy Ghost power. That's maturity. That's what grown-ups do, everybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's what grown-ups do. <laughs> okay. So let me give you three kind of truths about growth. Three truths about growth that you need to know, and I hope you accept these and adopt these, believe these. I think you will. But number one, it's God's will for you to grow. It's God's will for you to grow. God doesn't want you to stay the same. He doesn't, it's God's will for the church to grow. 
Oh, Pastor, I knew you'd throw that in there because you just want to have more people coming to church here. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you know why? Because as long as heaven and hell are realities and people go there, we need to grow. We need to grow. I, I get upset when people get, we get all upset about it's all about the numbers. It's not all about numbers, it's all about souls. It's all about souls. There's thousands of people out there who are not connected. That's why we exist to connect the disconnected to God. Are you with me, everybody? We have to grow. And for the church to grow, I have to grow. If the church is going to grow, you have to grow in Jesus' name. Are you with me, everybody? God is preoccupied with that which is lost. Luke 15. That's what the whole chapter is about. Parable of the lost coin, uh, the parable uh, uh, of the lost sheep, and, and, and the prodigal. He, he's, he's, just, he's preoccupied with that which is lost. And you know what he gets behind? You know what he puts favor on? He puts favor on a church and an individual who is, has the same preoccupation that he has, that which is lost, and pays attention to it. That's why 932 decisions is not enough. It's something to be celebrated from 23, but it's not enough in 2024. Can I have an amen out there? Amen for the five people who praised God for that. Number two, see, here's another thing about growth. Every person and church has, has a different growth potential. Your potential is different. My potential is different as an individual. So using the parable of the talents, the one, the two, the five, if you don't know what that is, Matthew 25 talks about. Basically, you've been given by God a certain portion. He's saying, here's what I gave you, Derek. You're, you, you've been given these talents, these, these giftings, these, these, um, these divine enablements, these proclivities, and I'm, I'm, I'm expecting something. I don't want you to just be faithful. I want you to be fruitful. So you think, you know, just think because I, I went the distance without messing up that that's going to be okay with God. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, did you multiply what I gave you? Now, your multiplication is, it's the same multiplicator. It's the same principle, but the outcome might be a little higher. So if you were given a one, your portion, your, your talent pool, whatever that God gave you is a one. You just got, you can't just have one at the end of your life. You got to have two. If it was two, it's got to be what? Four. If it was five, it's got to be what? Ten. It's got to be ten. God, he multiplies. He expects you to multiply what you've been given. And so it's important that, that you do that because, in fact, it even says in Matthew 25, two believers, if you don't do that, they'll be weeping and ganashing of teeth. Ganashing. That's the word in the Bible. I don't know where that word came from, but I always add that because it says G. There's a G there. It's super weird. That's funny to me, but nobody else thinks that's funny, but praise the Lord. <laughs> In other words, you, you can be in heaven, you got in, but you're going to be upset because there's no, you didn't get the rewards. That's what it's talking about right there, okay? It doesn't mean you're going to hell. It just means you're going to be really upset, really sad because you didn't get the rewards that other people got that multiplied what God gave them. You're, you, are, you, are you reaching your potential? Are you growing to your potential? i got to get off this point. But God's calling you to grow, to reach your full potential. I know that I'm not going to have the second largest church in America like my pastor does. But I know I haven't reached my full potential. I know that. And I think you know if you've reached your full potential or not either. And so there should be this God-driven motivation inside of you, if you're connected to him, that God has more for me and he wants me to accomplish more for him. Can I have an amen out there? Okay. Number three, everybody say number three. We believe we can get better. We believe we can get better. Here's, these are just three rules of growth. you got to believe you can get better. Better than last year. 
How are you getting better than last year? This is my favorite part kind of of the ministry. If you don't, be, if you don't believe you can get better, you'll become a critic of those who are. And, and we're not called to be critics as Christians. We're called to be disciples who make disciples. Amen. Are you with me, everybody? So let's not make excuses. Let's make improvements in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, moving along. So let me give you, this is what we do as a church, okay? You're going to get this. If you go to Next Steps today, and you, sh you should, but here's what we do. We do call four dubs, four Ws, okay? Why we exist as a church. This is our, this is our, this is our vision. We exist to connect the disconnected. I want you all to know that statement. Everybody say it. We exist. All campuses, say it again. We exist to connect the disconnected. This is what we believe. Behind that statement is we believe everybody is disconnected from God either totally or at some level. So some people might know God, but they don't know their purpose in God. Okay? So we exist to help people come to know God, but basically figure out, why am I here? How many know that is an incredible um, an incredible role and responsibility. When you're a part of the church, it's not just attend meetings. We're helping people connect eternally to God where they'll be with him forever. And we're helping him connect with why they're here on earth now. There's nothing greater to do. Being a part of the church is one of the greatest things you can do on planet earth. Are you with me, everybody? So now what? What do we do? So that's our why. Here's our what. Our what is we got to take people on a life-changing spiritual journey. So we just, we basically say, you can make a heart connection like that. Those 932 decisions for Christ, they were decisions, not disciples yet. So 932 people were given a chance to say yes to Jesus. Was it real? Yes. Are they fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ? Not necessarily. So your heart's changed in a second, but your life has changed over time. And it happens. It's a process. It's a journey. And so we exist as a church, if that's new to you, to help you go on that journey. And it's not just going to happen by coming to church once a month on a Sunday. you got to fully engage in the church of Jesus Christ. Are you with me, everybody? Third W. Everybody say third W. So what, how do we take people on that journey? Here's our way. So it's our why. Our, what, our way is we do four things. Four things to help people on that journey. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. I'm going to preach on that in just a second. Then our win, everybody say our win, is that at the end of that, everybody, every member of the church is a minister. Not a minister who changes his voice when he prays and has a white collar and says, thus saith the Lord. No. It's just somebody who knows why they're here. It's connected to God, knows their purpose, and is living on purpose. That's our win. Amen. So now I'm going to give you some modern language for our way. The, the journey that we're on, I want you to know this and understand this. And it's rooted in a text, Psalm 92.13. It says this. It says, those who are planted, everybody say planted. In other words, there's, for you to grow, you have to go to a higher level, a deeper level. You cannot grow if you're not planted. I don't care. You, growing together means nothing if you're not planted with other people. Are you planted in 24? If, the, if you're not, not going to plant here, please plant somewhere. Don't be a plant pot. Be planted in a garden of other people, okay? Plant pots do not grow. They hit a lid. Amen? They die. You should see the plants on my back porch. They don't live. They never live. <laughs> my neighbor even tries to help us with our plant pots. I feel so bad for Pastor Derek and Pastor Stacey. They start watering our plants because we neglect them so badly. Then it says, then it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. What's the house of the Lord? 
It's church. Those, they shall flourish. So now there's another level. You level up. When you're planted, you're fully rooted. You'll go to another level in the courts of our God. I want this for you. This is what I want. I don't want more butts and seats, more nickels and noses. I want people to flourish. That, that's why I exist. My staff will tell you behind closed doors, I'm not about crowds. I don't give a flip about crowds. I want a healthy church. Can I have an amen? I really don't. I really don't. Until like, I don't know. It's been just until recently, like in the last few weeks, that I even knew the attendance of our church. Because I've been deliberately like removing my, I don't care about that as much as how are we doing on engagement? How are we doing on people connecting? How are we doing on people's growth? How are we, like that's why CLA is so important to me. I want to know that because I know that's where I can disciple people. I'll, tell me about our small groups that are coming up. Because I want to see people healthy. Healthy things grow. If it's not growing, it's not Okay, it's not healthy, everybody. Oh, my gosh. So here's, here's and wh what can happen is every, if you're planted, everything around you, everything around you can be crazy. This is, what, this is what Psalm 92 is saying to you. Everything around you can be, it's like the elements of winter. You know, in the winter, everything dies, the leaves grow off the tree, it looks disgusting. I, I was just up where we vacation in New Hampshire, and I was, I was filming it for my kids. Like, guys, look where dad is, I'm here. And I'm like, I don't want to send this, I gotta, it looks miserable up here. Everything's dead, so I didn't even send it, you know what I mean? So, so everything can be crazy on the outside, but when you're planted in the house of, of your God, in the courts of the Lord, it's like you're in a greenhouse. My grandfather had a greenhouse in the back backyard where, where he had a huge yard because he had huge gardens, five, six acres of just vegetables and fruits, but he had a greenhouse in the winter, and everything would be dead, but that greenhouse, you look at it, it's like, it's all green in there. That's what God has for you in the house of God. God wants to place you in a greenhouse. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. You can still be growing and thriving. And so a perfect illustration of this is, is something I've used before, and I stole this from, my, from, from one of my buddies. But there's a place in California called Death Valley. And, and show the picture. This, this, this is crazy. It's the hottest, driest place in all of America. Nothing grows there. Nothing lives there. No homes. No water. Thus, it is called Death Valley. But in 2004, and I think it happened again last, this, just this last year, there was a, a phenomenon where about seven inches of rain fell, like, super fast. And it came down so strong and so hard and, and amazing that it came. And then nothing happened immediately, but in the spring of the following year, look what happened. There was what's called a super bloom. That is the exact same spot. That's the exact, here's what, here's what I want you to see. See, What's amazing is there can be, it can be dry in your life. It can be dead in your life. But what they discovered was that area, the Death Valley wasn't dead. It was dormant. There is seeds of potential that when you get saved that are inside of you, that God placed inside of you for you to thrive, for you to grow, for you to go to another level, for you to level up, for you to experience a super bloom. But it's going to need to be and have the right environment. It's going to need to be watered in order for you to be able to grow and connect. What our job is, what we're trying to do is, in a nutshell, not perfectly, is trying to create experiences and environments for you to super bloom. Does anybody want a super bloom this year in 2024? Then you've got to lock in and get planted so that you can flourish and not be a death valley. Are you with me, everybody? And so God has this path for you. 
this journey for you to go on. And I want to unpack that for you. Psalm 1611 shows this progression. But the Bible basically says, you will show me the path of life. I'm never going to get through this message. <laughs> I get so excited. This is my vision. You can't shut me down. This, this, this is literally in my bones, this particular vision, okay? But there's basically like four steps in the Bible that show us this path. These are not um, optional. They're, I see them as mandates in the scripture, okay? The method at which you employ them, make them happen, that's optional. But these four steps are there all through the Bible. I'm going to give you one verse that has these four steps in it, but I could give you 14 of them. I'm, I think there are more than that. Okay, but my favorite one comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 and 18, and I think they use this a little bit in next steps. Here's, here, I want you to see the four steps, then I'm going to unpack them for you, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to believe to employ the vision in our lives. Amen? It says in verse 16, I keep asking God that our Lord, so Paul's praying for this church, this church plant. He's praying, for, he's praying for his church. I keep asking the Lord God of our, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you. What does he want? What does he want to give him? He's like, I want you to have a eureka moment, a I see it, eye-popping thing. I want you to see these four things. I want you to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that, number one, first step, you may know him better. See, what God wants for every person on their spiritual journey is that you know him. That word know is not head knowledge. In the, see, the, the time, these people were like, really? They, they, didn't, they gasped when he said that. You didn't because you don't know the Greek. But the Greek is this word gnosko. The know means to know intimately. Not like sexual, but like cl very close, even higher than that. They thought God was in heaven and they're here and you can't have a relationship like that. So when he communicated that, they were like, wow. No, God wants you to, he wants you to know him personally, intimately, have a revelation of who he is and who you are to him. And if you do know him, he wants you to know him what? Better. That's the first step, everybody. Everybody say that's the first step. Then he says, second step, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Pastor Derek, there's no eyes in your heart. <laughs> I thought the eyes were in your head. Yeah, but you know as well as I do that if you think about it, you filter life not through these physical eyes. You filter them through your heart. Your experience is good, bad, and ugly. Are you with me, everybody? The eyes of your heart. He's saying, I want those to be healed. I don't want them to be blurred any longer. I don't want your pain, your problems, your past, your, the people to mess that up for you. I want to get you free so that your windshield is clear so that you're not always looking through the rearview mirror being held back by your past. You're not retreating. You're advancing. I want the eyes of your heart to be enlightened. And we call that finding freedom. So I want to know God. We want to find freedom. Number three, basically he says, so that you may know the hope to which he's called you. Whoa, wait a second. Step three, what does he want us to do? He's saying, I've called you. You, 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 everybody, all campuses, you are called. You have a purpose. The, the greatest days of our life is when, is when we're born and when we realize why we were born. You were born for and with a purpose from God. He wants to do, and most people don't know what that is. 87% of Christians don't know why they're here. That's why I love my job, because I get to help you figure out what that is. That's what Next Steps is today. It's helping you figure out why are you here. As I like to say, for the love of Moses. Why are you here? Okay? And then he says, 
that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Here's what that's, that's step four. God wants you to not do life alone. He wants you to do life with people. God wants you to be rich. Now, hang on. Not like you think. He wants you to be rich in relationships. See, some of you might have some means and some money and some margin, but are you rich? Let me tell you something. I wasn't always this way, but I'm rich. I'm filthy rich in relationships. And you're a part of that for me. You're a part of that for me. And the happiest people on the planet are people who are helping people with their problems. Are you with me, everybody? So this today is just, it's like nudge Sunday, okay? So how do we get growing? Let's get growing is our, is our th thought. So first thing is I'm going to give you modern language for this. It, it's time. Everybody say it's time. It's time to come to know God or get closer to God. It's time to grow closer to God. I just want to give you a one-year challenge. If, this is, if you haven't done this before, I'm giving you a one-year challenge. Go all in for one year in 24. Listen, go all in. What do I mean by that? Like, do everything. Why not? Are, are you growing? Are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Just try it. If, 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 you, if, you, if you vacillate on that in any way, shape, or form, please find a church that you don't. But if you're here... Just go all in. Be in church every single week. Go to the marriage seminar this weekend. Make sure you're at revival nights. When we call a fast, for the love of Moses, fast and pray. Like, go all in. And listen, here's what's going to happen. If you'll go all in at, at the end of a year, and by the way, it won't even take that long at all. But at the end of the year, if your life is not strikingly better, I'll leave this church and go to another church with you. Okay? Can you, can you handle that, everybody? Okay. Here's, here's, here's a tough part of this misconception about coming to church and just hearing the Bible and all that kind of stuff. It, 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 some people think, well, I believe. Good, well, good, good. That's great. But you know what? The Bible says the demons believe in Jesus. See, the thing is, belief is more than just believing Jesus is the Son of God. Belief is you put your faith, your trust, your hope, your life... Your lifestyle are based on Jesus. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a problem when I was a kid because I, I signed up for the club where they said, Just say Jesus is Lord and you get to go to heaven. I thought, praise the Lord. It's saying, no, not everybody who does that. Hold on. Wait a second. Jesus then, he, he, he attacks this list of things that you think you can do to be okay. And then it says, then Jesus tells them plainly, I never knew you. It's the same word we read earlier, the gnosko word. Gnosko, gnashing word. He's saying, I didn't know you intimately. God wants to know you intimately. He wants to be intimately involved in your life. He said, I'm not looking for all that. I'm looking for you, your heart, your relationship. And where your heart is, we're going to find these other things follow. Are you there, everybody? But most people don't, they're not stuck. They're, they're, they go to this next step. And step two is where they get stuck. This is where they get stuck. And, and, and so they, they don't, they, they're trying to get healed, fixed, whole, all by themselves. 
They think, I, I, here's my problem. I know my problem. I just need to pray more. I need to figure it out. I need to work harder. I remember ministering to this guy at a gym right around the corner here, Gold's Gym. I said, Charlie, you got to come to gym. You got to come to church with me. He goes, no, no, I got, I got, no, no. If I, if I walk through that door, you know, God's going to strike me dead with lightning. How many heard that one before? How many said that at one time? Okay. That, that's just an all by myself theology. I go, no, that's not the answer. The answer is you come in with your mess and you let God help you clean that up with other people. See, God's solution for your personal problems is to be with people. And you're like, well, people are the problem. Not all people. Just, you're just around the wrong people. Got to get around the right people. Are you with me, everybody? People who really know you, people where you're fully known. Do you have any place where you go where they really know you, where you're fully known? That's the goal. I'm telling you as your pastor, I would not be standing here. I don't think it would be physically possible to carry some of this weight if I didn't have that in my life. Fully known. Are you with me? You got to be, you know, we got to be authentic with people. I heard Pastor Rick said, you got to be authentic with everyone, transparent with someone. You, who have you been fully known by? So you got it's time to get in a group. Everybody say, get in a group, grow in a group. That starts, that starts right now. You can literally enroll in a group right now. You can put the slide up there if you don't mind. But groups open now. They, they, we start next week meeting, but registration is now for groups. It's so, have, you, have you done a group? Have you been in one? And you say, well, I did it. I did that, you know, before. Well, keep doing it. It's the solution. You should be in a group the rest of your life. Do you have someone somewhere where you can, you can come out behind the mask and you can just say, I'm not doing that good. You know, I, I'm in pain. I, I, looks like victory. It's definitely not victory. It, it looks like the marriage is good. The marriage is terrible right now. It looks like I'm okay, but I feel very isolated right now. It looks like I'm free, but I'm extremely addicted right now. It looks like I'm in love, but I'm in tons of fear. Do you have a place where you can do that? That's what groups are. And so the Bible says in James 5.16, confess your sins. Notice, James 5.16, not to God. Confess your sins one to another. Say, I'm another. Say, you're another. So he says, confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. So you go to God for forgiveness, but you go to people to be healed. You go to people to be healed. You're not going to be healed if you're not with people. Are you with me? By the way, men, you guys have a, I'm, I'm in that group. Praise the Lord. Men, we have a hard time with this. I got it. I got it. You don't got it. You just need to hear that from your pastor. I got it. I'm okay all by myself. No, you're not. And you know what happens is you get to a certain point. You're out on a plank. You're walking all by yourself for so long. And at some point, you're literally suffocating, strangulated by life and life circumstances. And then you go looking for help. And it's really hard to help you at that point. So be strategic. You're strategic with your money. You're strategic with your calendar. You're strategic with all these other things. Be strategic with your soul, with the care of your soul. And get in some relationships. Somebody had to tell you that, so I'm going to be the one to tell you that. All right. So number three, it's time to get growing in your real purpose. My real purpose. This is basically discovering purpose. See, you might be living some kind of purpose. Like you're going to work, you're going to school, you're doing some things, maybe some personal growth, you're maybe getting coached. But it's not, it's, it's, for most of us, that's what you do. That's not what you were created to do, though. Like your vocation is not always what you were created to do. It's ideal when they're both connected. But Ephesians tells us you were created by God. You are his masterpiece created by God to do good works. God wants you to do something that's 
bigger than that. And so sometimes you're doing things and you're making money, but it's almost like a distraction. You're making lots of money. You come home thinking you should be feeling good, but you, you don't feel good. You're thinking to yourself, this isn't it. Yeah, it's not. It's not it. It's a means to it, but it's not it. It's a tool for it, but it's not it. You have, I'll say it like this, you have something you were created to do that's supposed to impact the world, every single one of you. And most people are not living that. Don't take, take it the right way. That's why we need to come together to figure that out. We're not trying to get you to just help us. My vision isn't trying to get you to help me fulfill my vision. My vision is to help you fulfill your vision. And then the vision is fulfilled. Okay? You were, you were created to do something to impact the world. Let's figure that out together. Let, let us be your tour guide a little bit. Let's help. Let's help. Like we're not doing that perfectly here, but we're trying to figure that out. And God is the only one who has the playbook for that. You're not going to figure it out on your own. I promise you won't. The Bible says so. Psalm 139, all the days ordained for you are written in his book. Not the world's book, not your book, okay? And so I said this to one person. They're written in his book, and so they said, so you mean God, this life I'm living, God wrote that book? And then I said to the person, well, you wrote some of the chapters yourself. <laughs> the key is you've got to bring God into that so that he can, he can have the last chapter of your life. If you invite him in, all those chapters, extra chapters you wrote, he can fix that. He can turn that. He can work that for good in Jesus' name. Are you with me, everybody? So, so you've got these gifts that God wants to use. Don't go another year not knowing why you're here. Your problems that you have, you think that you just got to solve that problem first. You know what happens when you solve a problem? You get another one. And another one and another. I call it limp pick Christianity, right? Have you heard me do this? It's like you solve that problem. Oh, my gosh, I got that. That's good. Oh, while I'm here, there's another problem and there's another problem. There's another. That's not the answer is limp picker Christianity. Solve your problems. God, here's what God wants to do. And some of you just don't believe it or don't buy into it. God wants to introduce you to a bigger problem that makes that problem shrink. Maybe not completely go away, but it just doesn't have the drive, the push, the pull, the power on your life because he introduced you to something bigger than your own problem. Are you with me, everybody? My grandson Ezra, uh, Devin's here in the room. My grandson, grandson Ezra fell in my house one time. He, he's real rough and gruff, and, 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 he fall, and he fell on his head, banged his head, screaming. Ezra, Ezra, it's okay. It's all right, it's all right. Hold on, hold on. And I had been to the bank, and at the bank, I always grab a couple lollipops for my grandkids. I steal lollipops. And <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was in my pocket. And he's screaming, he's screaming. Ezra, it's going to be okay. Gonna... Nothing I could do to console him. Also, I just go, and I put this front of me. He goes, <gasps> like, in a second, I basically introduced him to something. I invited him to something bigger than his problem. And his problem some of you need a spiritual lollipop. God wants to, he's inviting you, but you got you, <laughs> you to take a look at that. Number four, last point, you got to do something greater. But as I, for the love of Moses, don't wait until later because it might be too late. And so we have a dream team. We, we're basically saying the team is not to just like serve like automatons. Do you think Dave Farmer, who's at the back right there, who's been serving, he's a spiritual son of mine, I'm calling him out, but he spends, how many years, David, have you been serving? Ten years is the head usher of this church. I'm telling you, you, you don't do that if it doesn't fulfill a purpose in your life. Are you with me, everybody? God wants that for everybody in this room. And every role is significant. 
Every role. What you do in the nursery is significant. What you do in the parking lot is significant. The front lines is the parking lot in Jesus' name. Let me tell you something. People are making a decision like in the first two minutes where they like the church. They've never heard me, never seen my nice sport coats, nothing. They are nice, but praise the Lord. But that's not, what bra- that's not what's building the church, everybody. What's building the church is the front lines. What's building the church is the dream team that's living on purpose. Are you with me, everybody? Oh, but PD, it looks like it's running pretty good. That, you know, that, that volunteer looks like it is running pretty good. But it would run better with you. It would run better with you. My, but my primary motivation, I'm not saying all my leaders get this sometimes because we're training. But my primary motivation is not to get you on a team, just to help me. You need to be on a team. You need to be serving. To, here's what the Bible says, John 15, 8. Um, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. God wants you to be productive. Where are you being productive for him? Showing yourselves to be my disciples. And I have told you this so that, everybody say so that. So that the Great Commission would happen, so that all the hungry wouldn't be hungry anymore. No, that's good, but no. So that my joy may be in you. Might be in you, and that your joy may be complete. See, God knows it's for you that you serve. It's for you that you become a part of something greater than yourself. Some of you are serving like, you got your toe in the water, you just a little bit. Some of you are not serving at all, you need to get in. Some of you are just toe in the water, you need to go deeper this year in 2024. And watch what happens if it's, your life's not strikingly better. I'll be shocked. Here's my last, my last story. You can take this pulpit away. Stand your feet, let me pray for you. I'm so over. Did you guys get something out of that today? The worship team can come. Please take this away. Let me, let me make a confession. Pastor confession, okay? You, can you handle this? Yeah. Campus, stay with me here for a second. Praise the Lord. I got to figure out how to do church different this year with all these people. Amen? I, I, as a Christian, there's a lot of things that Jesus has helped me overcome. Anger, bad marriage, all kinds of things. Financial management, you name it. God's been good to me, and so many things have changed my life. But there's one area that I still am not free in, and that is my driving. <laughs> Anybody else out there? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. All campuses, I see that hand. Thank you for your support. It's a problem. It's a problem. And, and I'll just speedily say, I can remember being in traffic, and you know when you get to the light, and this is me, so this is probably half of you in the room probably like this. I know that if people... Just just go. That we can make this slide and do this left thing and get on the highway. Like, I, if they'll just, my God, if they'll just go. I, I know how long the light, the timing. Like, I, I'm pretty, like, numerical. I was like, this is how many seconds going to be like. And so I, I come up behind. By the way, so many things with my wife in this. She's like the Holy Spirit in my ear. Honey, just be nice. Like, you know, and I'm the honk guy. I honk. <laughs> you know. Part of that's the teacher. I'm like, I'm just trying to teach them, you know, and I'm just trying to teach them. She's like, what if they go to the church? You know, like she's always trying to, I'm like, well, I'm the pastor. They need to be taught, you know. She goes, and so if you see us together, sometimes I'm over here in the passenger seat and she's driving. You know why? Because I got a problem. Even when I see something wrong, I'll reach over, beep, beep. You know, it's honey, I'm driving, you know, okay. So the light's getting ready to go, light's getting, re- getting ready to go red. Oh my God. And this lady in front of me, no, this is not gender specific. It could be both guys, but usually ladies. But she's, I know she's looking down on her phone. 
and she's texting, scrolling, God, why are you on Instagram right now? Go! You know, and, and I could hear the Holy Spirit, I mean my wife's voice, honey, just calm down, just be relaxed. And so instead of doing what I normally do, if I just go, beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. Just nice, just nice, just nice little nudge. She didn't go fast enough. We missed the light. <laughs> this whole message, listen, has been beep, beep. I, I feel that right now in this moment. It's just been one big beep, beep. If I could do what I really wanted to do, but I'm not going to do that. If I could say what I really wanted to say, what I would say is, but I'm not going to, but you know, if I could say what I, can I say what I really would want to say? It wouldn't be beep, beep. It would be honk. And behind that honk is, really? Really, guys? Like, you're going to go one more year and, and not surrender your life to Jesus? You're going to go one more year and not get baptized because your schedule's too full? You don't want to get your hair wet? Really? Jesus died for you. Really? You, you're going to go another year and not subscribe to his solution for freedom and try to beat this addiction by yourself try to get over this depression by yourself try to handle these problems all by yourself and not get in a group you're going to go another year and not figure out why you're not here really hawk hawk with every head bowed every eye closed if you don't know what the holy spirit is saying to you right now you're spiritually deaf you're spiritually deaf. God is trying to get your attention. You, you, you gotta, it's time to grow up. And some of the things he has for you are just for grown-ups. If you know God is speaking to you just as a sign that he's telling you about your next step, would you raise your hand? Just raise your hand right there. Come on, come on. You can't, you can't raise your hand high enough to say yes to that. Come on, come on, come on. Let's stretch this. Good God bless you. Sometimes you acknowledge that. It's such a powerful thing. Amen. You can put your hand down. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to have prayer down front. The prayer team's going to come right now. Come down right now. If you, if you have not taken that first step to receive salvation, just to get to know God, or maybe you need to know God better, like you, you've been far from God for a long, long time. As soon as this song starts to play, I want you to come down and ask Jesus into your life or restore that relationship with Jesus. For the rest of you, for the rest of you when we dismiss, take the next step. I've given you four steps. You know what those steps are. You don't have to do them all. Just take the next step. So Father, in Jesus' name, as I dismiss this room, I pray in Jesus' name that those that don't know God would get out of their seat, get out of their comfort zone and come and commit their life to Jesus. For those that have been far from God and just distant and need to refresh their walk, they get out of their seat and they come down front and receive Jesus. Lord, for those people who are in this room who have heard this word, may it not fall on deaf ears. Come on, worship team, right behind me now. They not fall on deaf ears. It goes in one ear and out the other. No, it's planted. Lord, may these, may these words, these seeds of potential be planted in their life. Lord, we water them by your spirit, and we ask in Jesus' name for a super bloom to happen in this church. Lord, we ask, come on, church, let's praise the Lord. Let's ask God for a super bloom in Connect Church. Framingham, I love you. TC, I love you. God bless you. Online, I love you. Bless you. Bless you. Amen, amen, amen.